It's, it doesn't matter how you do it or how it looks. Mm -hmm. The moment you interfere with your own success story, the moment you prevent being successful in any area of your life, you're self-sabotaging that aspect of your life. So whether it's your business or it's your relationship, whatever it is that you do. Yeah. Yeah, even with your girls. Yeah. Your sim it doesn't have to be with a man, with yeah, your girls. Yeah. You just do something and it feels like this is too successful. It's not abnormal for an average person to feel like this is just too good to be true. But is that always the feeling? But it's it's not always correct. But yeah, mm -hmm. it comes up. And so every time it comes up, it's it's almost like we're trying to prevent getting hurt. That's yeah. why it is. It's usually our subconscious. It's usually us trying to prevent ourselves from getting hurt down the line. We're trying to prepare for the rainy day. We're preparing for the negative outcome. It's and more so, like just in case. So every time you yes. meet somebody or anything happens to you, it's like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes. And the yes. problem with that manner of thought is the fact that you only see the negative things. Mm -hmm. You're always you, waiting for it. Yeah. So even when nothing is happening, you create scenarios scenarios in your head <laughs> and i'm going to actually admit it that i used to have that kind of pattern oh, every wow. time i would start a different relationship the first thing i would do is to imagine everything that could go wrong mm -hmm. yes and that was literally me sabotaging my relationships even before they could begin uh, okay and, and another interesting another interesting way we tend to sabotage ourselves sometimes it's not even just ruining our own success sometimes it is misrepresenting ourselves to ourselves mm -mm. let me explain that you know how you get into a place sometimes and your boss says oh meet champ she's very good at doing this then you go oh not so good though i'm just trying so you're just you're literally underselling all your your capabilities consistently mm -hmm. you keep you keep doing that and it's it's almost like you're you keep fighting yourself you're trying not to be too big just in case you fall mm. not to be mm. too good just in case you misbehave yeah. Yeah. you know you will not misbehave but just in case somewhere along the line i fall down you know the higher you go the louder they fall and mm -hmm. we just keep selling ourselves you're afraid of your enemies <laughs> they should not come and laugh at you and then you become your own enemy yes all right so Faiz just walked into the studio welcome to the show good morning, good morning. all right so just to catch you up we're discussing what self-sabotage is so to you what is self-sabotage well, self-sabotage is basically self-sabotage basically is any behavior or thought that keeps you from what you most desire in life. Um, any internal internal sentiment gnawing at you that keeps saying, "I can't do this. I can't do this." Um, that's really your subconscious trying to protect you from having to deal with pain mm -hmm. or loss mm -hmm. or moving on from. Uh, certain traumas that you may have dealt with in the past. Mm. Um, it's basically a way of turning yourself into your own greatest impediment. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's scary. Mm. <laughs> I know, it just came in with like, all this gloom and doom. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> Are we all but it's it? the truth. Yes, we all actually we all do it in one way or the other. Yeah. You see, the thing is, a lot of people will think that it's specific to a particular kind of person yeah. but it's not yeah. and it's usually a coping mechanism for many people mm -hmm. so it's like he said it's anything that you know 
just literally stops your own personal progress it's because you're afraid of something because you're afraid to fall you're afraid of failure or anything like that all right so i'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines now for you to call in and give your opinions or ask your questions on our topic today and the number to call is zero nine zero five three five three five three zero five zero nine zero five three five three five three zero five you you can also send a WhatsApp message to the same number, or you can call us on 080-5509-9993. 080-5509-9993. And our third line is 0817687213. All right, so now speaking of age. He said it happens that okay yeah i want to talk about age really is this predominant in a specific age group like the younger you are or the older you become or is this a general thing okay so i think it happens at every phase mm-hmm. so as a teenager there is that transitioning and then you're not quite sure who you are you're not quite sure what your what your perception should be mm-hmm. as a young adult you're trying to figure out life you're trying to do what nigerians call adulting <laughs> <laughs> and how adulting is hard mm. yeah so you you're still struggling with all of that as an adult you're trying to measure up have i have i not failed have i not failed the people i'm supposed to to um be good to i recently i think it was last year i had a major managing director in nigeria say that she used to suffer from imposter syndrome where she always felt like she was a fraud she is good if you've been around her you will know this woman is a crazy workaholic like she puts in the work she's deserving of the accolades from the outside we see it but she feels like am i really deserving and what that does is it keeps gnawing at her mm-hmm. at her successes it doesn't matter how much you give to her she still keeps feeling like maybe i don't deserve it mm. and then there's there's the way you react when you feel you don't deserve something you act you act beggarly <laughs> That's his self-sabotaging behavior. Mm-hmm. So it comes at every age, at every mm-hmm. phase. But I don't know if he has something else. Okay. No, I think uh, I agree with that entirely. I think one of the... First of all, I, I think, uh, just to put it into perspective, all acts of self-sabotage are not necessarily problematic themselves. Mm-hmm. We all do it to a certain extent, like we said. So it's not really indicative that you have like an underlying mm-hmm. problem. Not necessarily. But I do agree with that. I think usually if in situations like that, when you see people who are struggling with um, their sense of self and their imposter syndrome, usually when you go back to their life histories, you find out that there are people who either came from backgrounds that were highly critical of who they were when they were mm-hmm. younger. Like maybe when she was growing up, it's entirely likely that either teachers or parents or somebody in authority was very very critical of the things that she did so it was never enough it never matched up and that's something that probably followed her a long time all the way into adulthood and she feels even unto this day that no matter how successful she gets it's not good enough it's not good enough and that's what keeps feeding her imposter syndrome because it's something that i've seen with um, two clients specifically that I've worked with in the past, both of them have commitment issues. They were the type of people who um, they got into relationships that they knew weren't good for them. Mm. They could tell from the outset mm-hmm. that this relationship, isn't, yeah, this relationship <laughs> isn't going to work. But 
um, what they were doing was they needed to fill a certain level of self-esteem within themselves and prove to themselves that, you know, they have a certain level of worth, the problems with the other guy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it makes you feel better about yourself mm-hmm. when you do that. But when I spoke to them, they both had, um, they were both suffering from a very different type of trauma. For one of them was male and female. For the guy, his issue was that he grew up in a home where his father was excessively critical of his mother. So it's something that he grew up seeing every day, mm-hmm. day in and day out. And so, unfortunately, um, you know, they say in parenting, it's uh, not, um, they, they keep saying, like, do what I do, what I say, and don't do what I do. Mm-hmm. But children do what you do. Yeah. And so, they fo- and so he followed that pattern in every relationship he's been in, right? And so that's where his self-sabotage keeps coming from. Even though he wants a healthy relationship, he doesn't know how to get it. Because his first example of a healthy relationship, of a good relationship, mm-hmm. messy. was very messy. Mm. And for the girl, her issue was that she actually came from a very supporting, very loving family. But she went to university and she was sexually assaulted. Oh, and ever since then, every person that she's been with has been somebody who is not up to standard, so to speak. Mm. They're not um, as confident as she is. They're not as uh, exposed as she is. They're not somebody who you would usually associate her with. And she does that simply because she wants to maintain a power balance. She wants to feel in this relationship that this is not I'm, somebody I'm the top who, dog. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is not somebody who can hurt me. This is somebody who I can control. Yeah. And obviously, both of these people want fulfilling, long-term, loving relationships. But they're unable to do so because of past trauma that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So it, I think uh, self-sabotage always, always, always has a root somewhere mm-hmm. in your past or yeah. in your own character. Um, but... Uh, like like we said earlier, it's something that everybody deals with. Mm. All right, um, Elizabeth. Now, Faiz brought up a point uh, before he went into the clients that he had dealt with. Um, he said that it's it's not always some sort of underlying problem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. Okay. Sometimes it's you trying to make sure you're giving the best. Let me let me use career for example. Mm-hmm. I want to be so good. Let's say I am in a male-dominated field. I want to be so good at my job that when I get promoted, no one can ever say that it was because I slept with my boss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is that it can drive me to being a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And so when I become very self-critical, mm-hmm. when I do, when I get a job done, I am checking it ten thousand times to make sure, however way they look at it, there are no errors. But in my attempt to be very, very good. I could be wearing out my health because I'm trying to be good at my job. Yeah. So it's not necessarily because there's something in my past chasing me. It might just be because I'm born in a trail and I'm trying to be very good at it. But then what we're talking about today is about finding a balance. Mm. Don't sell your health on the basis of your career. Mm. Don't sell your marriage on the basis of money. Don't sell your kids mm-hmm. on the basis of something else. Self-sabotage doesn't necessarily mean you're ruining your whole life. Yep. In fact, certain self-sabotaging behavior make us exceptionally good in some other places. That's true. That's true. You can be exceptionally good. Okay, so um, a, a very practical scenario. 
sorry i'm just trying to figure out how the two words now go together you know because you're <laughs> trying to create sabotage which in itself is a very negative word <laughs> yeah and trying to create it in a positive or put it in a positive light no no but and, it happens yeah. okay so you know the way we say um every invention comes with a problem mm -hmm. but every invention actually solves the problem the same thing happens with sabotaging behaviors it's actually preserving an aspect at the detriment of another so it's not like the sabotage in itself is going to destroy everything. It has a particular thing. So usually what we help clients do is, let's bring out these other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. mm. Perhaps you are not looking at them, mm. but they are actually getting destroyed. Mm. So I was, going to, I was going to use an example of someone I knew in 2018. This person so good at his job mm -hmm. and one of those days he went for a conference and he fainted or so they had to rush him with an ambulance to the hospital and here i am worried right i'm like oh how are you what are you doing he's on drip he stands up from that bed and he goes straight to a conference room mm. his job is the only thing that matters so his health is suffering his relationship is suffering. Mm. But when you ask about him in the office, he's the best guy for everyone else. I see. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's there's there's just one aspect that leads and then everything else suffers. That's what a sabotage usually does. Mm. I don't know everything you're just saying, I'm still seeing a problem behind it. I'm <laughs> there, still seeing another problem. Like, problem. Yes, there is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> No, because, yeah, like you guys, uh, for me, I believe that there's always a root reason. There's a reason behind every single action that mm -hmm. you do. Mm -hmm. And if you're focusing mainly on work, like you said, it's it's not just about you wanting to be so perfect. It's for me, I feel like, okay, what are you actually running away from? Yeah, there's also that. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I suppose the, the difference is for it... Uh, there are different types of self-sabotage for different people. Mm -hmm. And it can be conscious or unconscious. An example of someone doing it unconsciously is someone who constantly comes late to work even though either they're good at it or they... <laughs> why are you raising your hand? <laughs> either, either they're really good at it I will not say why. or they want to um, advance mm -hmm. or they want to advance at work. But then they keep coming, they're chronically late. And the reason for that usually, in most cases that I know of, is... Probably a fear of responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. The responsibility of a doing that job, and then the responsibility of oh wait, if if I'm really good at this, everyone recognizes that I'm good at this. If I get a promotion, there's more work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's more work, and I don't necessarily want to do all of this work. Mm -hmm. So make I just D my D, and then they'll consistently be late, even though when you ask them, they really want to go forward. They really want that promotion. They really want to be paid more. But they're afraid of having But wasn't that just you just being lazy? Not necessarily. What it comes down to is you're afraid of that responsibility because you're afraid you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then you're running away so much from that failure that you'd rather just be late and everybody just thinks that ah, this one is lazy, not really lazy, lazy and mediocre. Meanwhile, ah, you're just afraid of failure. Nice. So that's an example of an unconscious type. And I think the unconscious type is the most common. Procrastination is probably the most common self-sabotage behavior <laughs> that we all have in one way or another. I think lack of sleep is beginning to take charge these days. That's true. That's true. 
lack of sleep. I think we went through a period where there was too much sleep. So no, 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 no. <laughs> like long, long before COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. um, I, w- I was watching this research video in US, and they were talking about the percentage mm. drop for millennials mm. and how millennials are going to be living about a decade younger than their parents. Mm. Wow. Our parents though, are not even really living so old. Like they're not getting to mm. 80, 90 according to statistics. Mm. Yeah. So if we are getting a decade later, that's about sixties. Yes. Mm. And then we have people in Lagos with statistics of about fifty plus. Mm-hmm. Fifty seven. Are you are you saying how scary this is becoming? Mm. But then when you look at progress reports and financial reports millennials are trailblazers yeah but then we're doing it at the, so it's not just individuals it now looks like as a generation we have a self-sabotaging pattern yeah that's fair not sleeping now sounds like something we brag about mm-hmm. you slept for five hours you are mm-hmm. very responsible mm-hmm. and then you're wondering we are all just going to die right <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day honestly I, I i think though that's generally just a reflection of the social and economic realities of mm. nigeria really not necessarily something that people choose to do but lagos is a great example <laughs> what one of the this may sound strange but i was really grateful for one aspect of covid19 in that it really bought out something that I've been arguing over, especially in Lagos for a long time. A great majority of people have the ability to work from home. Yes. I don't understand how you can get up in the morning in Lagos at 4 a.m., spend two hours in traffic, still come to the office late, not because of your own, (laughs) what's this, uh, Mm Um, not because of your own fatigue, but because you simply could not get there early enough. Yeah. Right? And still have your boss complain. It makes absolutely no mm-hmm. sense to me because everyone understands what Lagos is. Everyone understands the hustle and bustle. Everyone understands the traffic jams. Why is it still problematic? Mm-hmm. Especially if you have the ability to have so many people actually work remotely. If most of the work you're doing is office work, it's 2020. <laughs> I think like, almost everything that you can mm-hmm. do can be done remotely. So yeah, we have the the technology for we that. We have now. the technology yeah. for that. It's easy, in mm-hmm. fact. That's what COVID nineteen proved. There's so many things that we thought can only be done once you're in the office. Mm-hmm. No, we want to see your face. No, we want to see your face. <laughs> you can see my face on Zoom. It's okay. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, but that would that would that in this case that would be the the problem of the employers, the organizations that these people work for. No, that they have to they have to understand that okay, they don't have to be here all the time. Yes, that's true. But you see, what I'm saying is that that constant hustle and bustle mm-hmm. feeds into how tired and how fatigued and how how much the lack of sleep affects how drained, how drained yeah. you feel at the end of <laughs> mm-hmm. the day mm-hmm. when it's completely unnecessary. Yeah, it's completely unnecessary. So I think we have to like create um working relationships that take into account the kind of environment we live in Mm -hmm. like uh, we seem to always want to operate based on the ideal standard none of us are living in an ideal country (laughs) (laughs) all the situations we live in are far from ideal and i think employers and employees as well need to take that into consideration when they're 
going about their business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, we drifted off a bit, so we have to come back now. Mm-hmm. All right. So the number to call if you want to, you know, send in your messages or give your opinions, you can call us on zero nine zero five three five three five three zero five zero nine zero five three five three five three zero five. Like I said, you can send a WhatsApp message to the same number or you can call us on 80 5509 And our third line is 081 And today we're discussing self-sabotage. Yes, the facing the enemy within what are some things that you're doing that actually hinders your own personal growth that has come in between you and a healthy relationship that has come in between you and the progress of your career that is what we're discussing today so go ahead and give us a call if you have any questions or you'd like to contribute on our topic all right so coming back to self-sabotage what are some destructive patterns that we have as um individuals the common self-destructive patterns anyway and how can you actually identify them because you did say some people don't know and in order for you to do that Mm. you have to go through a process Mm. so what are they and how can they be identified Mm. i think a very conscious one a very simple conscious one is something like um you know you have an exam tomorrow you're sitting down and playing your PlayStation. <laughs> That's a very simple one. I am so guilty. Yes. I read novels. I read novels the day to my exams. Yes. If you if I like your typo. That's a very <laughs> That's a very simple conscious one. You cannot say that you don't know you're being problematic at that point. Yeah. You don't right? have to diagnose. <laughs> so so, uh, but you see, the funniest so, thing about your own is, is reading is reading. No? <laughs> it's still words that they've no, written in a book. It's definitely not the same. Thing. It's not the same. Thing. <laughs> you can just try to, like, you know, imaginate. No, no you're just tired. <laughs> You've been reading, and you're just tired. And then you go back to read I some more. I cannot keep wow, myself. Problem, no, they finish. Try to enjoy. <laughs> you try just pick up this novel. I just read like 300 pages and mm-hmm. be fine. Be all right. Wonderful. Yeah. So, that's an ve- example of a conscious yeah. type of self sabotage. You already know you're doing it. But you're uh, either afraid of the amount of work that it entails Mm -hmm. or you're afraid of the failure that is a possibility or maybe you don't even like the subject. You've not read enough. Maybe you just don't (laughs) even like the subject. You you don't even know what you're doing, really. Um, So I think the conscious ones are easy to identify. Mm. They're easy to identify. Another example of a conscious one is uh, substance abuse. You're using... You're drinking far more alcohol than you should be. Mm-hmm. You're drinking, um, not drinking. Okay, yeah, you're drinking codeine. You are um, on different types of drugs. You're on weed twenty four seven. The first thing you do when you come home is drink three beers, and that completely inebriates you, and you're not even mm-hmm. able to focus on your family. That's a very good example of conscious self sabotage because you know you're doing it. And you may argue about whether or not it's a good or a bad thing, but you know that it's keeping you from doing things that you you, you actually need to mm-hmm. do, right? So, um, the more difficult ones are things such as commitment issues or intimacy issues. Most people don't know where those come from. Mm. 
they just don't know how to be intimate because there are certain things holding them back. Fear of the other person, trauma from their past. Um, fear of themselves. Fear of themselves, yeah. personal issues that they have. All right, sorry, before you continue on that, let's take this call from Yusuf Hassan, and he's calling us from Kujay. Hello, Yusuf. Good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you doing? I'm fine. Well done to your guest. Hello? Uh, yeah, my, I, I want to add to what they've said so far, even though I joined it. Uh, I think uh, these, these self-retarding behaviors, I guess that's what, that, that's what, I, what I want to call them, mm-hmm. you know, these things sometimes they are intentional, though sometimes they crop up from our personality. You know, we, we know ourselves better than every other person. So some things come up as excuses naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, to you know, you want to avoid certain responsibilities, uh, and then you start developing some habits. Uh, I think I think they, they 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 come because maybe we are we are afraid. Yeah, I think fear is one of the major reasons why we develop certain habits that hold us mm-hmm. back and any attempt to correct those habits uh, you, 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 you'll be surprised what you'll get mm-hmm. so I, I think it, to take a sincere and honest acceptance of reality and then maybe you deciding to work on yourself yeah. before you overcome such kind of situations yeah. some of them are, are intentional some of them prop up from our inner weakness mm-hmm. thank you thank you thank so you. much thank you Thank you very much, Yusuf, for that contribution. Yeah, excuses. Mm-hmm. That in itself is a pattern where you're consistently making excuses for why you're late, why you didn't go here, why you weren't there, why you're not doing this. That is a pattern. Why mm-hmm. you never go out. Yes. Why you never meet people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All part of dealing with your anxiety, mm-hmm. which is usually a big part of self-sabotage. Um, people feeling too anxious to simply put themselves out there. Oh, another good example of unconscious. Funny enough, most people don't recognize that it's unconscious. Uh, stress eating. Stress yeah. eating is an unconscious um, type of self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. It's usually done because the person... Even not eating to, enough. Or not eating enough. Um, the person wants to avoid a certain level of anxiety that they're feeling. And the easiest way to do that is to find good food. It makes you feel good. Is it good food that, all the time? Not necessarily good. Well, food. Well, whatever it is that they're craving. Gener- generally, food. But good food is better. <laughs> I know, right? Yes, if it was good food, go- we wouldn't mind so much. No, if you're going to be unhealthy, be, be happy about it. Healthy binging. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Don't listen to anything he said. It's okay. Healthy binging. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, please eat healthy. Don't come and say it was me. <laughs> please eat healthy. Um... <laughs> Um, eating good food or eating food in general releases um, endorphins and dopamines in your brain which makes you feel good for that particular amount of time Mm -hmm. and so it dampens that feeling of anxiety but you can get used to it which uh, makes you focus on or makes you completely dependent on food to make yourself feel better Mm -hmm. and then you're constantly feeding a cycle of unhealthy eating habits just to make you feel Feel, make yourself feel better for a short amount of time while avoiding the long-term problems mm. yeah. yeah elizabeth do you have anything you'd like to add to that yeah you, you did mention not eating enough yeah mm-hmm. okay so one of the things i teach people during sex education trainings and the rest is body image appreciation mm-hmm. a lot of times people tell me in my field 
that they don't feel sexy enough. Mm -hmm. They don't feel good enough. They don't look good enough because there is a there's a portrait of what sexy should look like. Mm -hmm. And so people starve themselves mm -hmm. to look like sexy, except they end up not being sexy. Obviously. Or they go under the knife. You get it. To add, so, so to beef is, up. So there's all of that. There's all of that stress. And then when he, when he mentioned anxiety, mm -hmm. then so you've been, maybe you've managed to package yourself and dress up, put in all the silicone and all the, all the corsets, mm -hmm. all the foam bras, and then you go outside. Then you see this other girl, <laughs> and he hits you again, and so instantly there is pressure to buy another product that says this is going to make you look good. So in an attempt to feed your body anxiety, mm -hmm. your body image issues, mm -hmm. you're becoming a shopaholic. Mm. Yeah. When we see you outside, we just feel, oh, she likes to dress. Mm. But when you trace it back, she has body image issues. Mm. So when we, when we say self-sabotaging behavior sometimes, trust me, it's not something big up there, something really complex. It's the tiny things. Mm. It's that tiny feeling you get when you see someone and then you feel like, ah, she looks better. Or this person is better. This person is, this person is good and I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. I am not, I am not up to standard. The question mm -hmm. is who set the standards? You did. Your self-critic made that standard. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to keep jumping the loop to meet the standard. You want to say something? Yes, yes. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that you set the standards. Okay. Society, Society sets, the sets the standards. Sets the standards for you. Yeah. No, but the, where you've made a mistake is the fact that you've chosen to accept society's version you've adopted of that standard. It, yes. Doesn't okay, say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, doesn't okay, everyone? Uh, doesn't everyone? Because I feel as though um, you're usually unable to escape what it is that society considers mm. attractive or. Um, acceptable, right? To a certain degree. The only point at which you're able to completely create a new standard for yourself also means that you're necessarily going to be outside of society, mm. right? Mm -hmm. You're pushing against the grain, mm. which means you're creating more problems for yourself because there are I wouldn't who... necessarily say that it's you creating more problems for yourself. No, no, I, uh, maybe that's the wrong phrase to use because it sounds like I'm blaming you for, for a problem. <laughs> but, um... No, I do. It's, that's not even what I was thinking. I understand what you're actually trying to say, mm. but I wouldn't necessarily say that it's creating another problem. I feel like it's you trying to fix the problem for yourself by stepping away from those standards and telling yourself that, you know what, I don't care what you think. I like me the way I am. Which is true. But then society will push back. Yeah, they should push now. We'll push again. That's the one thing <laughs> I like. No, but you see, no, it's, it's hard. It's hard, but the truth is that it's something that actually needs to be done. I agree. Completely. And that's the one thing that I do like with the foreign millennials. I know yeah. that sometimes they're overly liberal, but they're... Go on. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I heard you whisper. Okay. You don't know. My, my headset tells me things. Um, yeah, but that's the one thing I do like about them. They're very liberal and they're more accepting of different types of standards. They don't try to regulate you to one particular standard. That's and I like that the fact that they are trying to break those societal standards mm. down to make everybody feel acceptable, to make everybody feel beautiful, to allow people to define what and who they are. Okay, so talking about beautiful... So in the fashion industry, 
I, I would go back to this a lot because mm-hmm. this is within my jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. In the fashion industry lately, there's been an increase in plus size models. Yes. Yeah. That's because once Praise upon God. a time, <laughs> not once only upon that, a even dark skinned women now are yes. becoming like the really dark skinned And then we're beginning to have people with saliva yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, because once upon a time, what we defined as sexy, what we defined as beautiful, what we defined as the figure mm-hmm. was eight. But a typical African woman, because of her body mass, may not give you a perfect eight, but she will give you the cello body. I think we have the perfect eight here. Please. Yeah. Thank you. No, you but you, what I'm going to tell you, you is know no, when they say the, the perfect standard. eight, they're expecting a white lady's stomach with an African woman's ass. And I, you can't get it. <laughs> okay, you see, the thing is, yeah, when I see models, all I, I see are really... Recent. Mm-hmm. I think that's even recent. Because yeah. The, the, and they used to the be more, recent. The it's now that, it's now the more that they're common looking... common one was a t- size 4 or a size 6, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, be- the, the more common one were models like Kate Moss mm-hmm. that were basically... Size 2, size yes, 4. <laughs> and then th- there, was, there was a time when we wanted people who had... People who had bigger busts and then people who were not big behind. Mm-hmm. And then there was a time when I wanted people who were big behind who were not big in front. And so I tell people that if you keep moving by society's uh, definition, your body will never be enough. Mm-hmm. Because if you look within the last four decades, mm-hmm. every decade has had a different definition of what a beautiful woman should mm-hmm. look like. So if you keep changing. jumping mm-hmm. with society in court, mm-hmm. it means at every... 10 year space in your life you have to go for a remodeling <laughs> do you understand that's, and that's, that's actually of one of the, the triggers behind body dysmorphic disorder that's true yeah where you start to create um problems that don't actually exist you can look at your nose and say you know what my nose is so disgusting my nose is fine nobody's seen it it's only you and that is because you've imbibed society standards so much that it affects your own perception, yeah. which in a way is your own is is um, self sabotaging mm. pattern. A complex form yes. of self sabotage. I agree. I agree. Which is why even when you said okay, it could be tiny tiny reasons, they are not so tiny to these people. Mm. Because you have more stability, because you can you have a better understanding on these things. For you, it may seem small, but when they see these things, it looks like. They are carrying Mount Fuji mm. <laughs> on their backs. Mm. Yes. Really true. Yeah. yeah. All right. So once again, our phone lines are open and the number to call is 90 You can send a WhatsApp message to the same number or you can call us on 80 nine 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 three zero eight zero five five zero nine 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 three and our third line is zero eight one seven six eight seven two one three two zero eight one seven six eight seven two one three two all right so i have a comment here and it says sometimes societal norms are not actually the norms some people think that what they see on tv is not actually what people want I'm confused. Honestly, so societal am I. norms are not actually the norms. Okay, I think he's trying to say that um, there is what society considers normal, mm-hmm. and there is what society picks from the media, right? Mm, Specifically, okay. if, for example, our society is one thing, 
but then if we're picking a lot of things from foreign media mm -hmm. foreign standards okay foreign yeah. beauty standards mm -hmm. specifically then you're always going to create a sort of conflict because you're always trying to measure up to a society that isn't yours mm -hmm. um, so it looks ideal so it looks ideal to you when there are so many problems with it on on its own um, and you're not focusing on your own specific reality which can cause its own um, its own problems okay. I think that's what he's trying to say uh, well I don't know this actually this particular comment takes me back to a particular show that we did on um, identity crisis yeah. and looking at westernization and you know, so I think that that's where he's picking from the influence that foreign media has on the youths that we have in Nigeria today and you know that there is a clash between the younger ones and the older generation because we are trying to change a lot of things that they are used to. So, yeah, they, that whole thing just jumbles up. All right, but, yeah, we'll get back to that after the break. Um, the news team will be here in a couple of minutes with the news at the top of the hour. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more on self-sabotage and look for how you can actually identify these problems within you and how you can fix them. So don't go anywhere. The conversation will be right back. Yeah. 